This kind of party. Welcome in, folks. Justin, that was a buzzer beater getting back on here in time. Um, it is episode nine of the Dynasty Hour. It is me, one of your hosts, Jagger May. You can catch me at Fantasy Blue Chip. And with me, as always, is real Mr. Mallard, Andrew LaDuke, and Fantasy Jesus here to save your lineups. And notice our favorite bass hole is gone. Chuck is celebrating his birthday with his wife. Uh, everyone wish Chuck a happy birthday. He can't hear you. Moving on. Love you, Chuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <A little> harsh. <laughs> happy birthday uh, to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like it's it's just happy birthday, Chuck. You're not here. Uh, by the way, folks, make sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell, and we're on Spotify now. I am still wrestling with Apple. I've emailed Tim Cook. He has yeah. not responded. I'm going to hop in his DMs. So uh, more yeah, on that next cool. week. So <laughs> we'll move on to news Pictures and nonsense. or it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. New, news and nonsense, folks. News and nonsense. We'll just jump into it. Uh, we actually have quite a bit this week. We had an eventful week of yeah. things that like kind of happened, but like not happened. Uh, and by the way, happy. Uh, Happy to see you, Toronto, Dave. Uh, and and I, I'll make sure that uh, thank you for attacking Tim Cook as well. Um, <laughs> uh, Dalvin Cook. Show. Yeah, yeah. Dalvin Cook actually released this time, guys. It's happened. He's yes. gone. We all knew. We all knew this would happen. We were just waiting for the. It feels morbid saying the axe to fall, but it did. Uh, so let's let's speculate. Actually, let's start with the real question because, like, I hate the speculation. We all know the great destination. Maybe he's a cowboy. Maybe he goes to Miami. Is does he have anything left in the tank? Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh, I do think he still has something left in the tank. Do I think he is going to be like a bell cow back for a team? No, I don't think that's the case. Um, but I do think he's still better than you know your average. Better than your above average, even uh, running back out there, because I just think where the bell cow is obviously gone. So I think he definitely can find a role as the the one A in a committee situation. Oh, for sure, for sure. Do you think he's better than Zeke was last year, or you know, because like I'm, th that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for like that that uh like ugly Zeke year where you can't move him off a roster. Dallas can't even move Zeke off their actual roster. Do you think he? <laughs> He's there yet? Uh, I think he'll be better than Zeke was last year. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. He, right, I don't think he's Justin, at that Zeke part, uh, that Zeke point yet, where he just looks like he did. Justin, are you are you uh are you actually buying any Dalvin Cook? Are you going to have him on your roster? Are you like like personally? I, I I don't own running backs like that. I quit. I gave up on Dalvin Cook three seasons ago. Where are you at with him? 
Uh, I'll take a shot on him and best ball sponsored by underdog. Go in yes. dynasty hour, TSS dynasty hour. Use the keyword, get up to a hundred dollars back. That's right. You put in a hundred dollars. We will match the deposit up to a hundred dollars. But anyways, that's the only format I will put <laughs> Dalvin cook on my roster for is best ball. As of right now, I think that he's at least got the chance to be a starting running back, a 200 carry running back on maybe five teams. But I mean, let's face it. The guy has a history of shoulder injuries and, you know, he's kind of getting, he's getting up there in age. So we're obviously not talking about a dynasty asset here. We're talking about a guy that if he lands on a Miami, somebody's going to go out there and ask you, Hey, can I trade you a second round pick for Dalvin cook? What's your response? In a dynasty. Uh, I'm taking the second rounder every time. Yeah, I'm taking a second rounder over Dalvin go. Cook ten times out of ten. Yeah, Andrew. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah. I'd like, I'd, like I said, I, yes, I said earlier that I, I like Dalvin Cook, but I, when you were talking specifically dynasty formats, um, I should should have qualified that that he's definitely like a guy like I'm looking as to trade high on at some point in the season to a team that is trying to contend. Mm. Yeah, I just think it's always like asset. a risk. But this year, I think he can be something. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'll get you guys started in the next one, and then I'll get my video back and running. But the next piece of news, and I actually, no, you guys just got to deal with my weird frozen face for a second because this is important to me as, as a resident Patriots fan here with Andrew. But D-Hop <laughs> visits the Pats, and I, I, I can't. It's another season, and it's another wide receiver to the Pats speculation. You guys go. I will be back in like five minutes. Well, this this D hop to the past situation is it's baffling me because what we're hearing out of some reports this week is that so leading up to D hop's release, I feel like all we were hearing was how he's uh, he's not the greatest locker room guy because he he doesn't practice like he's at that point of the veteran status or he's not like doing all the little things and that's like the opposite of what the Patriots need in the locker room. But now. One, the second he said he was going to be visiting, all of a sudden all the local media around here are saying it's the complete, the complete opposite of that. They're saying that he is a locker room guy. He's great for this locker room. He's exactly what they need. So I don't know what true D-hop we would be getting here in New England if it works out. It's starting to seem like it's going to work out uh, based on reports today. Um, and local reports are saying that any animosity between him and Bill O'Brien uh, is – they're saying from within that it's, it's squashed. It's not to be worried about. Uh, so – I still don't think he might be the the greatest fit in a few different ways for the team, but would I say no to him at this point? No, because they can't even get Juju on the field right now. They and Tyquan Thornton's hurt, and so who else do the Patriots have right now? That the report was like, oh, uh, Mac Jones is throwing a ton to the tight ends the other day at practice. Well, yeah, because he's got no, he's got a bunch of undrafted receivers out there that he's thrown to otherwise. So of course he's going to light the tight ends up. So yeah. bottom line is they need him even if he's not the greatest, most perfect fit for him. Yeah, I think this is more of a testament to the fact that D-Hop tried the market and the market said no. I mean, listen, he went to the Titans and he went to the Patriots and everybody's trying to pretend this is like some game for him to be like, oh, look, I'm getting interest over here and interest over here. Yeah, You're no. getting interest from teams that have nothing, like bare minimum nothing. Like you look at the Patriots, Juju, 
that's probably the only one I would put any fantasy stock into is Juju, really. Tyquan Thornton, like I said last show, very nice dart throw. But guess what? Yeah. That's all it is. It's you're you're praying every time he steps on the field that he's going to catch an 80-yard pass from Mac Jones. Um, I I think that this would help Mac uh, along with the fact that he has an offensive coordinator. But once again, I mean, when you have to go back to the coach that told you you weren't good enough and that you were only worth a second-round pick and, you know, you had a, a spat with him, and you're going back to his offense and you're clearing the mm-hmm. air. That just means that there's no other options, bud. Going and back to I the man who figured... called you Aaron Hernandez. Aaron freaking <laughs> Hernandez. <laughs> Which as an athlete is not an insult, but as no. a person is very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not buying in the D-hop hype. I, if he signs with the Patriots... That'll just solidify my options here and say, every time I see D-Hop, I'm going to pass on him. And, you know, it's kind of like this whole Dalvin Cook situation, wanting $10 million more. I'm like, dude, just go chase a championship ring. Go play with your brother. Go yeah. freaking play on Miami and make them better, dude. You have made enough money in your career. You have made more money than all of us on this podcast probably combined in our lifetimes will make. And, you know, obviously that's not a bad thing. We obviously have good careers, but that's that foolish money. That's that money where yeah. it's like, oh, my God, you could just spend $5 million like it's nothing and still be fine. You've made the money. Go get the ring. Go solidify yourself as a Hall of Famer. I, I don't get it. I don't get why these guys want to think that they're just like $10 million guys. It's just going to show that they're not. And the market for the running back position and age and wide receivers are going to continue to go down. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Did you see his comments today, uh, saying that he he's he's not rushing this; he's taking his time because he wants to find a team that values him as an athlete. Did you no, just happen I to didn't. see those yet today? They came out sometime this afternoon. I forget what time, but I I saw them on uh, Fantasy Pros on the news site there. Um, yeah, which which is all great and and fun, but that's almost. Once again, that's almost like you're saying with D-Hub, that's almost like he's going to put that out there now because he's not getting the interest he thought he was going to get. So now he's trying to save face a little bit, saying, no, no, I'm the one who's not rushing things. People are knocking down my door, and I'm saying, no, no, you don't respect me, which is not happening. Right, right. It's just it's one of those things where it's like now you're kind of getting into the syndrome of like, you know, this is this is what Ezekiel Elliott, this is what Leonard Fournette. A lot of people are gobbling these guys up. I don't know about you. I'm taking none of these guys because yeah. running back has been so devalued that I actually believe that there are very few teams that are interested in getting these guys as a veteran backup or a veteran second hand on a team. Like I legitimately think Ezekiel Elliott, if he doesn't re-sign with Dallas at some point, he's probably not going to see the field this year. Like, yeah, barring I, some major injury, I think that he might be done. And yeah, that's the I thing. Have, I could see him. I could see him being right. someone who might get picked up midway because a team lost two back two backs or something. Right, right. Like, like maybe like Buffalo. Like, if James Cook were to go down, they had nothing else. They'd be like, "Oh, okay, I got to get like a Leonard Fournette or Ezekiel Elliott." But these guys aren't going to be making it into camp. These guys aren't going to be like preseason on a team these are guys going to be the the new uh devonta 
uh, Freeman and uh, freaking yeah. Latavius Murray. They're going to be the, the mid-season pickups. Hey, the guy with He's the back. structure's back. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> I said yeah. the guy with the structure's back. Okay. Yeah, I was show. just. Yeah, I was like, "What? Who are we talking?" About? Oh, I mean, I know you. I know you're on the. I know you're on the freaking the a different time zone, but I didn't know that meant you were on a time delay with your speech with us too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's He's not a whole. Um, it actually figured out what it is that makes it like. It's it's Discord. Anytime I open up Discord in the middle of it, it takes it like Discord wants to take control of my mic, and then it messes it up with Streamyard. So fun fact, kids don't have Discord open. Uh, anyway, where do we live off with D Hop? Because like like I guess we're we're way past that. Are we on to Juju? No, you can you can still get your your thoughts in on D Hop. I basically the consensus was that. We we both don't think that D Hop has any interest anywhere else, and the fact that Tennessee and New England are the only teams looking at him, teams that don't have anything else, uh, says everything that you need to know about where D Hop is right now. Yeah, and the fact that you go on Twitter and like ESPN, Bleacher Report, whatever outlet, they're like, "Here's the potential Pats offense," and then Tyquan <laughs> Thornton makes those images. I'm just like, like. Like, I'd rather you put in Hunter Henry or something like that. Like that, that's just how sad the wide receiver situation is, you know, like it's, yes. it, it, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Um, so I think it's a match made in heaven. The Pats want to look competitive. I'm not saying that they need to, they just need to look like they belong in the playoffs right at this point right now. And Mac Jones needs development. Why not? D hop knows the system. He's hopefully I, – I don't think he has much left in the tank, to be honest, but this is a system that I think can utilize that. You know, like, again, this is what we, I was talking about with Dalvin Cook. D-Hop is not a player – we talked about this a little bit last week even, that if you – if D-Hop is the last piece, if you need a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four with upside, that's the only way I'm buying him. But as a Pats fan, I love it. Um, Juju still suffering from knee injury from 2022 – um, mm-hmm. one could argue that Juju's been suffering this knee injury since 2016. I don't know. I just feel like he's like he had like one good year, and then there's just been like a nagging knee injury for like since like the beginning of time. Um, sounds like you should I, be back. Yeah, I still don't want Juju either. Like uh, news and nonsense, folks. It's mainly like players that you don't really want stuff happen to them. So like this is that, that's that's the segment name. Um, Juju is basically a Patriots yeah. segment today too. Yeah, I yeah, know it's all Patriots, <laughs> which is which is uh, it's comical because it's like no Patriots. There's what, what Patriot do you really are you really going for in like drafts right now? Ramondre, a, and we'll talk about that later. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, but that's it. Like, like let's be honest. It's like we were talking about earlier. Like Juju is. A best ball, I okay. He fell to me, you know. I'll get Juju then, you know. But other than that, I don't like. Like we we keep making this joke. Like who wants the Mac Jones Juju stack? I don't. Um, <laughs> and then and, <laughs> not even the rebuilding <laughs> team wants that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. So uh, I'll put this next point to you, Andrew. We're, we're still cruising through the, this Pat's news. Uh, another player that no one cares about, something happened to. Uh, James Robinson experiment <laughs> is officially done. 
He's gone. He got cut. He didn't even make it to training camp. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to disrespect James Robinson. It was a good run, and he was a great player. But it, he's done, though, folks. He, if you can't make it as a Pats running back, even just around a vulture around, I don't know where you can make it. Rex Burkhead made it as a Pats yeah. running back. Um, what do you think's next for that. this backfield? Exactly, exactly. Who do you, who, what do you think's next for this Pats backfield going forward, Andrew? Um. I mean, it's, it's going to be the reminder Stevenson Stevenson show, and then it's probably going to be Kevin Harris right behind him at this point, unless they do something crazy and go pick up a Dalvin Cook. Say it doesn't work out with D-Hop, they don't get D-Hop. Do, you, do they turn heel and then go after a Cook just to add some some sparkle to their pizzazz over there, which is lacking? So I don't think they do. I don't think Cook would want that because, for like I said earlier, the comments he said earlier today saying that he wants a team that values him as an athlete, they're, they're still going to value Ramondre over Cook if they got him. So I think it's just going to be Stevenson and, and Kevin Harris and then Pierre Strong kind of filling in as, with some, some pass catching work here and there. Yeah. The, personally, uh, I think Pierre Strong is the back to own out of that that's not like like kevin harris like i'm probably gonna be wrong because every time i'm like oh who's gonna be the backup and it's and it's gonna be neither pierre strong or kevin harris it's gonna be johnny who gives a shit it's gonna be ty montgomery and (laughs) oh yes they they still ty montgomery beat out james robinson for a spot on this roster so far yeah um so justin as a guy who's not a Pats fan, do you want any any of these running backs? Even even, even as a uh, as like a bench stash, like 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 for me, I am a jaded Pats fan. I think that like I don't want any Patriot player to be honest, unless it's mm-hmm. Ramondre, and I'm a devout Pats fan. So like I still like Pierre Strong to give you hope for. Him. Do you like Pierre Strong? See, the only Pats backup that I liked is now wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey. Uh, that would be Damian yeah. Harris. Mm, yeah. um, True that. That's the right I answer. Know, <laughs> I, honestly, Ramondre Stevenson is it, man. Like, I wish Kevin Harris was better. I wish he got in a better situation. But I could see Ramondre Stevenson taking the lion's share of this workload and just absolutely having a blitzkrieg season over here, like a berserker type season just absolutely going Najee Harris times 10. And his body of work proves that he can hold up under that um, weight. But if you're asking me Pierre Strong out of North Dakota State or Kevin Harris out of – where was Kevin Harris out of? I don't even know. I don't even know. No one built probably Rutgers. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so that that just I'm just gonna stop because I think I've already proven my point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm passing on that. Okay, so we're gonna go into some. Uh, this is definitely not Kevin Harris, South because, Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. oh, that's surprising. Okay, um, <clears throat> Stefan Diggs drama. Um, I I don't know what's going on in Buffalo. I could be overthinking this. I could be a media guy who's just thirsty for news. I'll let you decide, but like let's let's rewind back to the playoffs where the Bills, let's just say, did not meet expectations, and then Stefan Diggs throws like a classic wide receiver one hissy fit, and then leaves the field before the game's over. Then has like a, a press conference to kind of double down on his actions, and then now he misses. 
the first day of minicamp, and then Sean McDermott comes out and says he's concerned. Normally, you get the whole like he's having personal issues or he's doing stuff with family. Insert any excuse ever you've used to get out of a fucking job. They would say, but Sean McDermott straight up says I'm concerned. Uh, are you concerned for the Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen stack? Justin, we'll start with you this time. Not one bit. You know why? Because he showed up today. Hmm. And Sean McDermott came out and pressed her and said, <clears throat> I think all the issues are resolved. Okay, so what were the issues, bud? Uh, I'd love to hear that one. But at the end of the day, I am not because Stefan Diggs has his contract. He knows what needs to be done on this team. And he knows that he's on a team that's Super Bowl worthy. Like they can get to that next level. And he's going to be a key part to that. So all that being said, I have no worries rostering Stefan Diggs and stacking him with Josh Allen. Mm. Yeah, I have one stack that I like traded up to get Stefan Diggs for. And I wanted to go kind of win now. It's, and that's something I don't normally mm-hmm. do in Dynasty. And I'm like, wow, what a shit year to try this strategy, you know? But like, but it's it's like you said, um, where would Stefan Diggs go? Like, what what is he gonna do? Like, he's like, I'm gonna find a team that wants to actually play me and has a good quarterback. There's like, there's like four teams, and like they got receivers, you know. So I'm not particularly worried. Are are, are you concerned at all, Andrew? Or can we shove past this? No, I'm not concerned at all. I do find it interesting. Uh, this afternoon as well, uh, Josh Allen actually spoke about it and actually t- said he takes some responsibility for Diggs' absence. Um, he's he's he basically said he need, he could do a better job of incorporating Diggs and communicating with him, and he's saying that it seems to be more of a teamwork issue than a personality conflict. So I'm with Justin that I'm I am curious to know what the hell is has has dragged out over the off season here. I want to know what was, but it seems like they're at least talking about it. It's out in the open if they're talking about it in the media. So the fact that he showed up, the fact that look, all any Devo wide receiver wants is somebody else to also take partial blame and then they'll be cool. And Josh Allen's now done that. And then McDermott came out and pretty much said, everything's peachy. So I expect things to be fine from here going on going forward. I'm not going to, I'm not gonna lie. That information that you just gave me made me feel better because like, <laughs> I, I would say like, like fantasy again, this, pros, this man. Could, yeah, th- this could be the the uh, the edgy dynasty manager in me where I'm like, uh, I'm competing. I need to trade my assets because like I was just like, I was like, oh god, now's the time to cash in on Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. You know, I can't. <laughs> I was like, Stefan Diggs is way too close for to 30 for me. And I was like freaking out about it because it kind of felt like to me, it was like when you like argue with your girlfriend and then like you guys get a bad <laughs> argument and then you have like sex afterwards, but you like never actually talk about the issue. And then like, yeah. you know, a year down the road, you're getting a divorce. So like that's, I, I'm happy they talked it out. I'm happy Sean McDermott, uh, what was at least confirmed it to me. Cause I feel like he's an honest guy. He's like the bill Burr of coaches, both in look and like kind of his attitude. He's just like this red faced, angry man who just says whatever's <laughs> on his mind. So I definitely feel better. All right. We're going to talk running back family values after we pay some bills, uh, underdog coming right up. Fantasy sports corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. 
no team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Sent you, and also TSS Dynasty sent you, folks. Um, and like not to underrate this, best ball is like crack, baby. And we're gonna give you your first bump because like uh like after our last best ball draft, I'm like all in. You like you tell me that all I gotta do is pay a couple of dollars and then I don't have to set a lineup. Um, and I get to draft over and over again for like three dollars against people who like don't know who any rookie is ever and it's it's beautiful folks it's like it's feasting season because adp is so wrong so remember tss yeah. dynasty folks use that code so we're talking about running back family values folks i went on our lord and savior our bible keep trade cut not really it's just it's just a tip chat and and looked at some values and i got two guys i think are undervalued and of course i'll bounce them off you, Andrew, and Justin. Uh, we've been alluding to it, and I should have broke this up a little more so we have a little bit more Patriots reprieve, but we're in the bright spot. We're not talking about the garbage, the, the gutter, the gutter trash. Ramondre Stevenson, I personally think that he's an undervalued asset right now. Um, if we go back to keep trade cut, he is the RB10, and some folks that are going ahead of him are Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, how do you feel? Do you think that is accurate or do you think he is undervalued or overvalued? Andrew, we start with you. Uh, <clears throat> well, given what's happened in New England this week and the fact that the offense is pretty much going to be him in the tight end, it feels like Stevenson is even still undervalued <clears throat> at running back 10 for sure. I think he, I was I completely agree with Justin, so I don't want to steal his thunder that, that he could easily be a top five running back this year. So, Running back 10, under value. Yeah, I think that's fair right now. Yeah. Silence. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's uh, where I'm at. Like, <laughs> and, and it'd be – go ahead. It's all good. I think we're on a little delay here. Anyways, um, I'll, I'll just say this. Ramondra is – is literally the whole package at this point. Um, I I sent a message uh, to somebody on Twitter, and it was literally, what's the difference between Ramondre and such and such, like Najee Harris? One, the difference is, is that Ramondre Stevenson is a much more physical, and I think at this point, he has less tread on his tires, and he's just an overall better running back than Najee Harris. And he can put up those numbers catch-wise, rushing-wise. He was – he was uh, frick, I can't remember the stat. But I remember he had more of his points through his actual scrimmage yards and receptions than he did through his touchdowns. It was a higher percentage of that than anybody else in the league did in fantasy last year. And that's telling, man, because all you really have to do with that guy then is get his touchdowns up a little bit, and he's going to be a freaking monster. 
So I, you know, I look at Ramondre Stevenson as a total buy now type of guy. And if you're in kind of like a situation where you want to, um, <laughs> happy birthday, asshole. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you want to get rid of him, sell freaking high. Take this news and sell so goddamn high. Sell it to the moon. Get two, try and get two first round picks out of this. I know some people won't do that, but go ahead and you don't know until you ask. Ramondre Stevenson, big year coming. I'm putting my stamp on it. Yeah, um, I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in with Ramondre on like as far as like my winning teams because the only negative, the only negative I have with Ramondre Stevenson is he's 25. Again, this is a usual tale of, of Jagger May is like <clears throat> he's too damn old. But I'm like, I don't think the Pats care. And the way like, he hasn't had a lot of tread on his tires, let's be honest. Like at, at, at OU, he didn't have a whole lot. And only up until last year did he really – get used like a number one back. So I think he's got two more years of this. And let's think about like, they're not the same player, but the Pats used the shit out of LeGarrette Blunt like way longer than like it, it should have been necessary. So like if there's any match made in heaven, I think it's Ramondre and the Patriots. And he, to me, he's the ultimate, um, hero running back target right now because like and, and and even if you're in a startup let's say let's say you're in a startup and you want to like i like to play jazz like i don't want to like full-blown pack it into 2024 or whatever but i'm not necessarily looking to like draft christian mccaffrey or something like that well madre is the perfect running back for you to take and then fade and then pick up somebody else later i'm uh i i, I agree that he's got a top five finish all over him and we already see that he can do it um, so I think that is enough on Ramondre. Uh, <clears throat> go by folks. I'm going to go back to the well and I'm, I'm kind of talking about, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit from where I was at in the middle of last season. Damian Pierce is the RB 17. Um, is that too low at this point? You know, he's a day, he's a day three back and we all know the data that day three backs don't really matter, but the Texans, didn't replace him, and the guy behind him is not that great. It's Devin Singletary. He's a change of pace back at best. Um, is, is he a guy that you would buy on your dynasty rosters? Justin, we'll start with you. That's that's a difficult one. I mean, because you said it best. I mean, he's a day three guy. You imagine once as they progressively get better, they're going to look to replace him. So that's kind of my biggest problem is, is that you know, what if this guy is gone next year and my value is completely shot on him? I, I love the talent. I think he's a hell of a freaking hitter. I think he's better than Javonta Williams at creating space and, you know, creating after the tackle. But he's on the Houston Texans. He's going to get a ton of carries, going to get a ton of tread on those tires. And then in a year or so, he might be out of Houston as their number one guy. So for me... Dynasty asset, no. Redraft asset, yes. Um, where are you at with it, Andrew? Because I think I disagree, not dis fully disagree, but I am willing to no, buy in do. a certain scenario in Dynasty. Like, like, like um, be my asshole today. 
<laughs> it's more and, and again it's not aggressive i'm not i'm not being i'm not chuck here it's more that uh again if i'm on a win now roster i think that damian pierce is affordable he's like an affordable running running back and i know that i'm probably mortgaging a second round pick i, I don't think hardly anyone is going to pay a first round pick for damian uh for damian pierce at this point because like like guy, guys that are going ahead of him Devonte williams i think that's a little high it's so it's one pick. It's one pick. I guess it's – but it's like when you think about the rest of the players in between, that's like a whole 10 spots. And then you got J.K. Dobbins ahead. Um, I, I think I would rather have Damian Pierce. I think I'd rather have Damian Pierce over Nick Chubb. Um, Najee Harris is where it gets weird for me. Where are oh, you at, Andrew? Nick Chubb is interesting. You just shot, you, just, you caught me a little off guard when you just threw Nick Chubb in there. But um, <laughs> so – <laughs> RB seventeen. I'm gonna say feels about right for Damian Pierce. And I I do really I like Damian Pierce. I like watching him play. Um, but when it came to last year, one obviously they used him a ton, and then he got hurt. So we'll see how he bounces back. Um, <clears throat> but he also so you mentioned Devin Singletary, the guy behind him, not being much more than a change of pace back. I argue that he's Devin Singletary, who I don't really like is still better than anybody they had behind him last year. Cause the only other running backs they had behind him For last sure. year was Dare Ogumbawale, uh, Royce Freeman, Rex Burkhead. So, I mean, Damian Pierce was, had no choice, but to take the, the majority of the touches out of that backfield. Uh, when you couple that with this, probably being a team who's also going to be continue to be behind a lot. I think Singletary takes more work, than any of those other guys did from Pierce last year. And um, so I think 17 feels about right. I don't think Singletary is going to like blow keep pace with them, but I think he's going to make enough difference compared to last year where uh, this, this feels about as high as I'd go for Pierce. Yeah, so you, you're probably right. Let me, let me ask a quick question. Do you feel value wise Pierce or Damien or uh, Devin Singletary? Let's, let's talk about just a one year buy. Who would you rather have at their current value, Pierce or Devin Singletary? I'll pass that around. I'll still yes. take Pierce because I still don't think Singletary is going to. I don't think Singletary is going to get the touchdowns to matter um, to be to be worth even a, a low buy value. So I, I'll still take Pierce. Like I said, I think seventeen is right for Pierce. Like that's kind of where I'd be happy taking him, kind of thing. Okay. Okay. What about you, Jag? Yeah, and and. And to be fair, uh, I like both at their price. Actually, I only like Devin Singletary at his price for best ball. I'm never going to feel good about setting Devin Singletary in a lineup. I'm never going to feel <laughs> no, good about that. No, it's a bad week if I'm doing that. <laughs> but uh, uh, with, with, with Damian Pierce, uh, we got to be realistic. He lacks reception upside, and most of us play PPR. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, And on top of that, he's got to – and, and if you look into the, like the advanced stats, he had to get a shit ton of carries. It's 15 carries or bust for him. And like it is, it is carries. Cause again, there is very little uh, receiving upside. So it's not touches for him. And then you got to think about this offense is probably not going to be that efficient or very good. So that's going to cap his touchdown upside. So I will concede to Andrew and say that he is probably right. And I was just being hopeful. Um, I guess I guess I'm at the point now. I'm at the point now where he's not undervalued. I'm just willing to like 
look at Damian Pierce again. Cause like I say, you guys, I kind of put blinders on some players. Now I'm willing to like, I'm, I can click the button on Damian Pierce. And before I was like, people were getting crazy. They were like, he's a, he's a dynasty RB five. And I'm like, folks, we do this shit every year. Like it took Ramondre to do God stuff and the Pats not to do anything for him to get to where he's at. Cause he's technically another day three running back. All right. So let's go about overvalued. And it, to me, this is easy. We've kind of already hit on these guys. Uh, Travis Etienne is still in like top 10 conversation and I just can't get there. I can't get there. He's RB seven right now. That puts him at 42 overall, uh, on key trade cut. That is just a few slots behind, um, Saquon Barkley and ahead of Josh Jacobs. I think it's crazy that you would take ETN over Josh Jacobs. Because I think people forget that Josh Jacobs is one year older than Travis Etienne. So, um, Andrew, we'll swing over back to you. Where are you at? Do you think that Etienne is overvalued? Uh, do you want him on your team? Are you clicking the button? So, I want him on my team. I, I still I still like the player, and I still stand by my evaluation of him from last season to where I had him as a top 10 dynasty running back. Uh Obviously, the the draft has kind of shot that down, the ceiling down a little bit for him. Um, so RB seven in dynasty might be just slightly too high, but I'd say I'd still put him probably in the RB fifteen, top fifteen category uh, for dynasty for sure. But I do think you're right as far as comparison to Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs only one year older, and I feel like people are forgetting how Josh Jacobs kind of reinvented his game a little bit last year and and was yeah. able to to stop that because he was showing all the signs of every other running back story we've seen before where he's going to start sliding he's going to disappear and he, he he turned himself around and was able to stay relevant and i think that'll carry him through another uh you know couple of years here so i would prefer jacobs over etn at this point for sure all right justin to you i'm gonna we're gonna play a little bit of this or that would you rather have ETN or would you rather have Ramondre? Ramondre. That's the easy one. Ramondre. Okay. And then would you rather have ETN or would you rather have – see, this is where it gets fun. ETN or Pollard? Oh, 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 oh <laughs> man. Oh, he's hitting me right on the good spot over here. You already know my, my feeling of Pollard right now. Uh, you're hitting me with the good takes here. Oh, man. So we're talking about Dynasty. So, shit. you know, I think long-term, I'd rather have Pollard. But short-term, like this season, I don't trust a guy just coming back on a leg injury. So I think for a year, I would probably take ETN. But if we're talking about long-term dynasty-wise, I'm going to take Pollard. There's just way too – he's an explosive athlete, less tread on his tires. I mean, he's been a backup for like three years, so he's finally getting his shot to be the starter. And then, you know, once he gets his explosiveness back – and, guys, I know I'm saying I'm this is almost like contradictory. I'm going for like one year for ETN and dynasty for Pollard. But let's remember, Saquon Barkley was not the most explosive guy when he came back from a lower leg injury. So this is something that takes a little bit of time. He got it at the back end of the season. Literally the last game of his season, he broke his fibula and freaking had a high ankle sprain. So this guy, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get that explosiveness back up there. 
I'm looking at this as if we're talking about dynasty, 100%, I'm going to go with Pollard because all this tank big three talk has me like worried that he's going to be the guy in like two years. Mm, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Tanky Big Bigsby is going to be the guy. To be honest, I think they're both the same. Like they're the same value for me. Like, uh, I think you got about one year for both of them, and that's again, guys. Like, don't overpay, and you hope you can get them on a discount or something like that. Somehow you maximize your value that way. Ooh, no, you, you can't. can't. It's crazy. So just like don't get Pollard um, is, <laughs> is is the, is the right answer. So we'll move on to our next one. Um, and I kind of want to talk about two because um, as a package deal, because obviously on the same team, it's uh, it's Kenneth Walker. He's basically in the same range as Travis Etienne. And it's the it's the same reason. There's another guy there. And here's what I wanted to bring up Zach Charbonnet. When I was putting this together, I scrolled down and I was surprised to see Charbonnet as the RB19 because that is appropriate. I think that is appropriate for Charbonnet because I, 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 I expected him to be much, much lower. And that's kind of – I don't think Charbonnet's really a discount anymore for his value because for a while he dipped there. You could get him in like – he's probably a discount for rookie drafts, but actually trading for him on like an active roster is a little bit hard. So where are you on this backfield situation? Justin, we'll start with you. Um, so I didn't watch too much tape on Zach Charbonnet, but I am not immune to listening to all the hype that's going around. Uh, this guy obviously has the hype machine and full steam going on. And I don't know. I liked Kenneth Walker. And for me, I think, you know, if Kenneth Walker is not the guy in Seattle, he'll end up being the guy somewhere else. Uh, I like what he brings to the table as a pass catcher as well. He was somebody who I thought was better than Brees Hall last year. And, you know, obviously that's a little unproven because we didn't get to see a full Brees Hall year. But, man, it's a tough one. And that's a that's another question of, you know, in some of these drafts, we're talking about best ball, we're talking about dynasty. Some of these drafts, Zach Charbonnet is like that next tier. He's like the head of the backups right there. He's like a guy who's going where the 32 guy is going, 33 and 32. He sometimes he's going ahead of freaking um, what's the what's the guy from uh, Tampa Bay? Help me out here, Chuck. I know you're Rashad White. Rashad, Rashad White. White. <laughs> I've seen him go. I've seen him go ahead of Rashad White because obviously people just don't believe in Rashad White. So for me, that's a real tough one. If I had to go with it today, I'd probably go with uh kenneth walker just because he's got the job but i could definitely see rashad white or not rashad white zach charbonnet being the guy in uh, a year or two yeah i'm digging charbonnet at the price because like i feel like there's we're buying kenneth walker at his peak at this point and like mm -hmm. he clearly has a lot of room to go down so andrew um, we'll start with you, um, or, or we'll, 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 we'll toss it over to you, and I'm going to give you some would-you-rathers, uh, and we'll just stick with Charbonnet on there. Actually, we'll ask you, who would you rather have, Charbonnet or um, or uh, Kenneth Walker? Uh, for Dynasty purposes, if I was in a, um, a win-now situation, I, I would still want Walker um, just because I think he – I'm hoping – He's still explosive after his injury, but for long term, for sure, uh, Charbonnet seems like it's it's the writing's on the wall here um, mm -hmm. when it comes to the way Seattle operates. So that 
that value long term is is a lot more appealing. Okay, so Charbonnet or DeAndre Swift? Because Charbonnet is going ahead of Swift right now. Ooh, mm, that that's so tough because this. I uh, I still think I like Swift. I'm a sucker for Swift. I, I am too. Have, I'm too. I always have been, and I and I'm very curious to see him in Philly, in a in a more uh, structured and and stable offense. So, um, I still think Swift has years on him. Mm-hmm. And this is I like um, for me. I don't know. I I think I think Rashad White's a little undervalued now. Shout out to Chuck on his birthday, <laughs> like because like right now Rashad White is going. 10 spots behind Charbonnet on mm-hmm. KTC and like yeah, he, he's value. a RB. Yeah. He's a RB 23. Charbonnet is the um, RB 19. Are we just blowing Charbonnet out of proportion though? Like That's what we, I'm saying. Are we just, it, are we just doing it's that? It's a little like, high. I, I, isn't it though? It's like really yeah. fucking high for a guy who's never stepped on the field and has direct competition a guy who did really well last year. Like, I mean, yeah. it, really well. <laughs> yeah. It's I a mean, little what, high, what, man. And I, and I'm a sharp guy. So <clears throat> I think you're right. I think you're right. It's a little, was Charbonnet, little bit. Fun. Charbonnet was a day two pick, right? Yes. Day two pick. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it just seems a little excessive for a guy who's not named Gibbs or B. John Robinson to be shooting up into the 19 range where you're saying, you're already better than 12 other 12, 13 other guys that have stepped on the field and you've never stepped on the field before. And you've got a guy who's maybe five spots ahead of you. I don't know where they got Kenneth Walker on there. I imagine it's around like 12, 14 range. Yeah. He's like uh, Kenneth Walker's top 10 still. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it depends on, it depends on which I just checked the dynasty rankings on fantasy pros and they had Walker in the, like the 12, 13 range. Um, and they so had Charbonnet at like 27. So we're talking about a top 10 running back, and his backup is top 20. Yeah, and Fantasy oh, Pros cool. leans more um, uh, proven talent heavy than, um, yeah. let's say, like like Keep Trade Cut. So that's a good counter balance because, like, at Keep Trade Cut, Kenneth Walker is the RB9. And like, like what really bothers me, and again, I've been a devout like Charbonnet guy. It's DeAndre Swift and Rashad White to me, because like I, I just feel like Rashad White, it, there's no one there, and like I'm not doing the vacated target of touches there, even though he was inefficient. They clearly like Rashad White and what and what he offers. He has receiving upside, and, and I feel like they're going to be checking down a lot because all you have is Kyle Trask and, uh, and Baker Mayfield. So there's a lot of meat on the bone there. So it would be hard for me to take Charbonnet over white, unless I'm doing the whole get my guy for the future thing, you know, like, like play the log game with Charbonnet. So um, other than that, uh, the value seems okay. And this is where we get weird. Cause like, I'm just looking at it as a p- position group and that's why I'm giving you like the actual draft slots, mm-hmm. but like, like Miles Sanders is right behind Charbonnet. That's probably appropriate. Alexander Madison. I don't want to hit on that anymore. He's way too high. So we'll end it there, folks. And we'll pay some bills with Jazz Casino. And then we'll talk a little bit more on tight ends next. Jazz, Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook. The world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. 
For over 20 years Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. Still muted, Jagger. There we go. Jazz Casino, folks. Um, make sure to use that code everywhere. If you're a degenerate gambler, let us help you. Um, now we're talking more tight ends tomorrow. I've pushed this one off uh, a little bit, uh, but it, it's been a hot topic here recently. It's Chig versus Dulcich. We got another tight end competition. Uh, we do this every year, and most likely we're going to be wrong no matter who we pick, but we still play anyway because that is what gambling is. Um, Chig is an efficiency king, and everyone knows how the Titans utilize their their tight ends. Moreover, uh, their tight end, too, is Nick Ikine Westbrook, also known as what? Um so, Ooh. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, Chig, right now, I think Chig is, like, the wide receiver, too. And then, on the other hand, you have Dulcich. When you look at, like, a, a um, year one metrics that Dulcich has hit, like, he they target him downfield. He's had production early. Normally, this translates into future fantasy production. He's not super athletic, which – that that is also a sticky stat normally for tight end production. But on the flip side, he is a Bronco, and we don't really know what the hell the Broncos are right now. And Sean Payton could be the next John Gruden. So Andrew, where are you at on this situation? Who would you rather have and why at a chick versus Chig versus Dulcich? Justin knows me well enough to know I was massive Dulcic fan fan last year. Uh I, I was all over it. Pushing him as much as I could, and I'm I'm gonna stay on his role. Um, I was just looking to see what the latest news was out of him, um, and it looks like just within the last couple of weeks here, Sean Payton came out and said that he could play uh, what was known as the Joker role in his offense, similar role to the role that Reggie Bush, Alvin Kamara, and Darren Sproles played uh, in the past in New Orleans for him, uh, which sounds kind of strange because, like you said, Dulcich doesn't have the s- same speed and necessary athleticism as those guys obviously um Mm -hmm. but just the fact that he's trying to define a clear role for him uh i think gives us a peek into that he's gonna want to find ways to get the ball into this guy's hands which is only gonna lead to good things fantasy wise dynasty wise everything so uh i'm 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 gonna stick with riding the the deltrich wagon here and and stick to my guns on this one yeah, um, I had a couple of Dulcich shares, and I moved them, and I'm go- I might regret it. The only reason why I moved them is to get Sam Laporta. I like I really like Which Sam is, Laporta. I, makes sense. I get it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, once I made the trade, I like took a mental note. I'm like, you might eat shit for this one later, Jack. Like, <laughs> like, like I like Dulcich. I like both of these guys. So, and I don't mind rostering either of them. Like in best ball, I've tried to target them. So, where are you at? in this battle, uh, Justin go, uh, you know, 
I like both of these guys. Um, big. I literally just drafted both of these guys in a puppy ball too, so that's actually pretty funny. But me um, too. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I know Jagger did it, I know I'm doing something right. (laughs) Oh. But I'm going to say this, and Chuck's not going to like this, but Chico Conquo is wide receiver one in Tennessee. I don't give a shit who Traylon Burks thinks he's going to be. He is not going to be better than Chico Conquo. The guy is more talented, he's more athletic, and he's faster. 40-yard dash times, he got him by .03. That's right, Chuck. Your boy ain't faster than the tight end on the team. You know why? Because he's not gonna because he should be the tight end and the other guy should be the wide receiver. He's gonna be wide receiver one on this Titans team. And that doesn't mean too much because there's not gonna be passing on this team. But wherever it goes, it's gonna be going through Chigo Conquo before it goes to Traylon Burks. And Greg Dulcich, he has to get through Jerry Judy, he has to get through Cortland Sutton, he may have to get through Marvin Mims before he starts getting touches. So I'll go with the guy who's going to be the wide receiver one on his team over the guy who might be option three or four on his team. That makes sense. And I'll be the tiebreaker. I'm on Justin's side. Cause like, again, I like both of these guys. I'm not going to be mad having Dulcich, but like to me, they're the two most important things for tight end production is scheme and athleticism. Like those are two stickiest things. And Tennessee has the most tight end friendly scheme because they run a, uh, a they run a vertical power run game. They have multiple tight ends on the field the entire time, and then they're going to set up a play action. And then who are they going to look for almost every time in the red zone? It's going to be a tight end. So that's the guy. If I have to choose gun in my head, it's Chig every time for me. You know, we saw what Joe what, what Johnu Smith did in that that situation where he he, he finessed the Pats and and. And, and a lot of fantasy nerds <laughs> in the drafting him. Is. So, like, if Jonu Smith can do that, then I, I think, like, it's chick to the moon. I'm not as high as to say he's a wide receiver one, but I, let's say he's a 1B. I'm, I'm saying he's the 1B. And it's like you, man. Um, Dulcich is good, but that entire receiving core from the tight ends to the slot receivers to Cortland Sutton is messy. And I just – it's. Like the guys that actually make real projections, I feel bad for them. Like, like how how do you do your target distribution then? You know, because like like Andrew's uh, uh, anecdote kind of threw me for a loop. They're gonna put him in a Joker role, and I know I'm just that like, caught me off guard too. Honestly, yeah, I'm just like I'm like I'm like cool. You're gonna use them, but like what? You know, it's like I I also I, I never knew it was referred to as the Joker role in New Orleans. I so. was kind of hoping that was going to be like Jimmy Graham type of things. Then you start throwing yeah. out Darren Sproles and Reggie Bush. Yeah. And it's like what are they going to line this fool up at? Yeah. <laughs> and what's weird is what's crazy is like for just that information alone, Chig and Dulcich should be on their opposite team. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> Because I actually think that Chick can do some like yards after the catch work, but the thing is, Dulcich can't block either. So like, right. I, I I I don't know. Like maybe you have to use him in a like. Basically, you're saying like, hey, you're going to be a slot receiver, like whatever the Joker role is. You're a big slot. 
You're, we're never going to ask you to chip block anybody. You're rarely going to have your a finger in the dirt unless we're in a big package and having three tight ends in there. So that's where I'm at. And that's just that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, thank you for viewing, all, all couple of you. Make sure to like subs and subscribe. Follow us on Spotify. We will update you when we get on Apple maybe a year from now. I don't know. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag call Tim Cook. Um, and then we'll see you on the next one. Again, my name's Jagger. You can find me at Fantasy Blue Chip with me, real Mr. Mallard, Andrew LaDuke. And then he's here to save your lineups, Fantasy Jesus, Justin Herrera at Simtex Max 93. We'll see you same time here next week, folks. Get on it, Tim Cook. <laughs> <laughs>